Behind every song is a voice, and every voice is a story. The journeys behind the voices brings life to the music that shapes each of us. Brought to you by Visible Music College and in partnership with the largest online Christian music site new release today, this is Behind the Tunes, and I am your host, Austin Black. Together, we will explore those journeys, the journeys behind the artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Our guest today is Rhett Walker, a powerful story of God's redemption, a hopeful request to a childhood favorite band, and how we discovered that a change in eating habits may be necessary. This is Behind the Tunes. We're here today with Rhett Walker of RhettWalker.com. Rhett, thanks so much for being here today, man. Dude, those four floors of stairs, I am exhausted. I need to work out more. So we're we're on campus at Visible Music College down in Memphis uh, for the We Love Christian Music Awards tonight that you're hosting. Have you you hosted an award show before? No, not at all. And... I'm praying I get to again, because if I never get to again, it's going to be very telling of how I did. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. And so I hope that you've tuned in to watch that by the time that this show airs. Well, Rhett, you're originally from South Carolina. Do you live in Nashville now? No, we actually just moved back to South Carolina. Okay. So me, my wife, and four kids were in Nashville for 12 years. So we did that whole thing, and now I've just moved back to Nashville around my family and her family. Rock and roll. What yeah. a wonder, wonderful gift that is. Well, talk me through your journey for a second. When did What first got you into music? Man, uh, so my dad's a pastor. Okay. So I grew up a pastor's kid, so everything you're thinking right now is true. Yeah. Uh, super quiet, you know, bashful, that kind <laughs> of <laughs> uh, No, I, I grew up around music. You know, my dad, he was at church. He would always bring in... Uh, artist. I mean, and then we start going to concerts when I was an early kid. Uh, me and my buddy were talking about today, like, I think my first, you know, concert at the church was Sunday Drive. Oh, yeah. Then Avalon. Oh, yeah. And then closing out the night was Clay Cross. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything. Then talking about Carmen, like, I was like, man, you remember before Mute Math, it was Earth Suit. Right. Like, when saw all That's these right. bands. So music was, it was just, it was kind of a part of my DNA. Like my dad, he sang Southern gospel um, before when he was a, you know, teenager, early 20s, he was in a Southern rock band. So I grew up on Gold City and Leonard Skinner was kind of the thing, you know, all the, all the in-betweens. And so ever since a kid, I've always wanted to do music and never had a plan B, never had a backup plan, um, just really focused on that and then, you know, teenage years were, were crazy, as teenage years can be. Um, and that's when, you know, things started to really, really change for me. I found out my girlfriend was pregnant. Seven, I was 17, and um, so it was like, oh, this is a, a path that I didn't plan on. And also, this is a path that, like, you can't just hide 
Right. You know, and so it made me really buckle down on not just like, oh, I'm going to play music, but it gave me purpose of why I wanted to play music because I immediately realized, and not to get too deep, no, too good. quick, um, but I immediately realized that grace, love, redemption, all those kind of things were stories I just heard, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being a pastor's kid. Yep. My dad was always talking about these things. That was the moment where I was like, do I believe that because Rhett believes that? Or just because my pastor dad has always said that. So it had me really kind of focus on my faith. So now while I'm learning guitar and um, trying to do that thing, I'm really focused on scripture and my faith. And and then uh, I told her, I said, look, you know, we've we've made this complicated. It don't have to be complicated, but if we keep our eyes on ourselves, it's going to continue to be complicated. So we got married. Um, so God, you have this marriage. You got our lives. You have this kid. We can't parent. We don't even know what that means, you know. And we've been married 17 years wow. this year with four kids. Um, and our oldest is 16, Ooh. driving now. Um, <laughs> but that really shaped my view of music. And I was like, you know what? Everybody doesn't live through a teen pregnancy, but everybody has that moment when it's like, this is who God is. And I got to see... God, you know, me and April, we didn't say the right thing. We didn't pray the right prayer or read the right self-help book or, you know, like bathe in essential oils. Like, you know, it was it's one of those things. Like, it was just how big of a God we serve, that he takes crappy situations and uh, baggage and, and hard times and just all the junk that we are as humans. And he says, you were worth me sending my son to die on the cross. Mm-hmm. And so... That's that's when I jumped into music head on and was like, I don't know how, but I want to tell this story because there's people out there that need to be reminded that God is still in the business of redeeming stories. So at that point, you're, you're diving in head first and, yeah. and, and in many ways, I guess, survival mode. This is, oh, yeah. we're, we're going for this to survive in yep. many ways. Um, and now you're, you're 17 years in, still writing music, creating music. You know, how often of people hearing this story and then clearly that coming through in your in your music of redemption, of how big God is and the power of God, do you think that's one of the big reasons that people have connected to your music so well? Yeah, I think so. I, um, you know, I'm also a product of the South, so I don't really sugarcoat anything. Um, also, too, like what you see is what you get. Like I'm, I'm the same on stage that I am at Publix, you know, or Kroger yeah. or whatever. Um, I have nothing to hide, you know, and I, I think growing up at, in a glass house as a pastor's kid, yeah. then a teen pregnancy where the whole small town USA talked like, what? Do I, I don't have nothing to prove to you, you know, but what I do have is a life that I just, I really just want God to take it because I think I lived so much life in a few short years, you know, if yeah. that makes sense as mm-hmm. a teen, that I was like, man, all I did was make it complicated. So I'm not doing that again. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus, you know, and um, I've had some some weird years still, you know. I don't want anybody listening to be like, "Oh, you you trust in Jesus and life is great." Like, no, life's still hard, right. and and things still hit the fan sometimes. But now I'm able to look at that foundation of Jesus and go, "All right, I've watched him bring me through this before. It's, it's time to go again," you know. And so that's what I try to put in my music, and I hope, man, I just really hope that someone hears it and they're encouraged. And they're reminded of how great God is. So at what point, you said you just moved back from Nashville to to South Carolina. Yeah. At what point did you go to Nashville? Oh, that was 
2010. Okay. And so, so we got married. We had that baby, uh, Riley, and I got Riley, Jet, Autumn, and Cash. Right. Sixteen, thirteen, eight, and two. And so we uh, went to Southeastern um, Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Okay. Um, because a professor there had come through uh, my church, and he was looking for like a worship leader to be his worship band when he traveled around. So me and my wife prayed about it. I mean, we moved to Wake Forest, and my son, Jet, was had to go to this two-week appointment before we drove. So we, I mean, we're two years into marriage, and like, first of all, we had another kid two years into marriage. I was 19. <laughs> like, what were we... What were we thinking? Like we couldn't, we could have waited a little bit, you know. But you did live a lot of life. We did. I mean, my gosh, you know, we didn't have enough money for cable, so I guess you know you find other things. They're going to, have to cut that out. That's right. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, but um, so we drive down. You know, we go to to Wake Forest and start, you know, leading worship there. And then I just watched God open door after door. And then, you know, then we moved to Charlotte because a church offered me a full time. Um, job as a worship leader. And then we moved to Shelby, North Carolina, because there was a pastor friend in need that had no music, no nothing. He was on his last days of ministry. Um, just a great pastor and human being. And so I got to like serve with him uh, before he went home to be with the Lord. And then I start feeling Nashville. And I'm like, is this a rep thing? Or is this like in my heart, like God talking to my soul moved in that? Like, I don't know anybody in Nashville, you know? I'm riding down the road and I'm talking to my mom on the phone riding home and she goes, Hey, you ever thought about moving to Nashville? And I was like, what are you reading my <laughs> prayer journal? Like, what is this? Moms do know everything. And so I said, why, why did you say that? And, um, she goes, well, I just, you know, figured if you want to be a surfer, you'd move to the ocean. Hmm. Like, you know, maybe you should move. And I was like, I don't know. So I, I told my wife, I was like, look, I've been feeling it. I feel like God is doing this. And then my mom threw this on me today. And so I kind of, uh, I played the game with God, which was really dumb to do because I knew I'm going to end up where he wants me anyways. But I didn't send out a resume. I didn't call people. I saw two churches online that were like the first one I Google searched and I sent their administrator an email. I didn't tell them what I've done. I didn't tell them I'm a worship leader, that I'd traveled, that I'd done this. Didn't tell them none of my story. Uh, two months later, we were moved to Nashville, and I was on staff at a church there. Wow. Um, and then uh, started writing songs and did an EP of five songs and was like, you know, I've got to get this to people. So a couple of people that went to our church were in the industry. And so I would go visit them at the office at their label, and I would take my EP, and I'd put it on people's desk. When I like walked by, I mean, I, I had to I had to meet somebody at BMI, and I was like drop, dropping things there, because my idea was, you know, they're not gonna know who this right. dumb guy is on the EP. They're like, what is this here? But my my thought was, if they see my name and my face enough, maybe they'll start going, where have I seen this guy? Where have I heard this guy? And uh, some indie website picked up one of my songs, and Blaine Barkus. Uh, from Sony Provident, which is where I still am, he emailed me and he was like, "Hey, you mind coming to my office for a meeting?" And I was like, "Babe, this is it. We're getting signed. Like I knew we're doing it." <laughs> and I go there and he's like, "So tell me about yourself." And so I did. And he's like, "What you got going on?" And I kind of told him, probably just made up half of it. Like I've got all <laughs> kinds of tours. And then he goes, "Cool. Keep me posted with it all." 
And I was like, what? What do you mean keep me posted with it all? Like, ain't I getting signed? Um, but he ended up setting up some of the rights, you know, that uh, I ended up right when Mercy found me and come to the river, which really kind of jump-started my career. And Nashville, we stayed for a while. The rest is history. To this point, to this point, again, we're here with Rhett Walker, uh, rhettwalker.com. Rhett, do you remember the first album you bought, you bought with your own money? Mm. Man, I think it was a Dave Matthews Band record, honestly. Uh, it was a Dave Matthews Band record. Or it might have been at a at a show. Like I said, my parents took mm. us to. We were always at concerts. As a matter of fact, I, we went to uh, that Avalon concert I was talking about. We went both nights, <laughs> like two nights in a row. <laughs> and like as an artist now, I would hate to see a family the second night and be like, "Wait, I can't, I can't tell the same joke. <laughs> like, what am I supposed? We gotta." This daggum family came again. What are we supposed to we got to play different songs, boys? Change everything up. <laughs> <laughs> wrap so, it up, guys. But it was, you know, I, I, the one that I burn out, though, the one that I knew where every minute marker was on the cassette was the Jesus Freak, Jesus Freak record. Mm-hmm. And that that record for me was it. I was like, this is, this is I want to do music. And I, when I got that as a kid, um, I started asking for, like, lights for Christmas. And like Mike, so I had like these, this little light set up, and then I take my sheets off my bed and pin it to my. That's my manager. He's throwing things. He's at fine. Me. Hey, we're doing a podcast, Derek. <laughs> uh, so I would hang my sheets on my wall as like my backdrop, and then I'd tape pieces of uh, paper that spelt like a band name, <laughs> and then I asked for a video camera, and I'd film myself doing live performances of like the Jesus Freak record. And that's when they came out with what was the uh, the live Welcome to the Freak, Welcome to the Freak yeah. Show? I had that on VHS. I mean that I don't care who you are. <laughs> that was a great show. It was a great show. And then for my twelfth uh, birthday, I saw the Supernatural tour. Yep. And that's when there was no Plan B ever. It was like this is where I'm going. How old were you then? 12 or 13. Yeah, that's about me. I saw them at the same time, and yeah. I was the same way. I saw them in Charlotte, North Carolina. Memphis. Oh, yeah. And, dude, I just that that show was dumb. It was so good. I can still just see it in oh, my yeah. brain now. I stole the uh, tour poster <laughs> off the side of the arena door. <laughs> I didn't have no money to buy anything, so I stole the thing off. And then we went to Waffle House, and that was bad news, man, because I jumped up and down the entire time. So then I ate Waffle House, and it was... Is a memorable or a remember? What was that word? Memorable. Memorable. I think that's it. <laughs> a memorable night, to say the <laughs> least. <laughs> Get over here with Rhett Walker uh, of RhettWalker.com. What are the odds that we get maybe uh, a Jesus Freak rendition from you on uh, on a record coming up soon? I think it's Dude, yeah. I think it's something to think about. I think I can do all parts too. <laughs> I don't need three. That's right. It's just one. There's only one Trinity in my book. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Red, if you could open for anybody, dead or alive. Oh gosh, who would it be? Man, that's hard. Um, honestly, I would just. Uh, it would be Chris Cornell. It'd probably okay. be, yeah, uh, like. Not like like not the bands like Chris Cornell, like yeah. his acoustic nights where he's. I would love to open for that. And then just watch those stories yeah. unfold. Um, or Rich Mullins. Mm. Because, but honestly, I would have just 
I'd have loved to have seen Rich Mullins or Keith Green. Yeah, I've, like the the lyrics of some of those those songs. I, the Keith Green song I'm thinking about right now, I think it might be called "Asleep in the Light," mm. and that that song will knock you on your rear end. Mm. Like just as a believer, yeah. listen to that. I was I was man, gosh, and I still love that song. So if we're talking about greats, Keith Green, uh, Rich Mullins. Um, of course, I'd love to have opened for DC Talk. Right, like I'm, you know, they did that Jesus Freak cruise. If oh yeah, they, if they do that, if you do that again, you know, <laughs> holla at your boy. Just give a call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not begging, but please. <laughs> I don't think it's too much to ask. No, look, if you're a DC Talk, no, don't do that. That is annoying. <laughs> uh, let's just all pray together. You know what? Tithe. Do That's do something, right. I don't know, burn a candle, let's go. Convict their hearts, you know. <laughs> God, convict their hearts and bring <laughs> yes. me to their mind. That's all exactly. we're asking for. It's not a big deal. It's not a big ass. <laughs> don't worry about it. Again, we're with Rhett Walker. Get ready to wrap up. Uh, Rhett, what's your songwriting process like? Uh, it's different every time. I know that's not a fun answer, um, but, I mean, really, for, you know, for the second record, like my Here's to the Ones record, uh, that was proactively sitting down and going, all right, let's put together a record. Uh, for my newest one, Good to Me, it was two years worth of songwriting. And so some of the songs I look back and I'm not even in the same season as it, but it's taught me so many lessons and made me the man I am today. And then some of the songs are still challenging to myself, you know, like, man, I got, I want to try to be better at this. So really, I'm just kind of always writing. Um, that's what I try to do. I keep a, a thing in my phone of notes and then in my backpack I have an actual thing I write out. Um, I try to journal a lot, which some things really come from that. Um, but mine is, honestly, I, I only want to write songs that are lessons learned and mm -hmm. life lived. I have no care in the world to put something together that just sounds fun. Like yeah. I, It's got to be something I lived or I don't think I could get up on stage and actually do it justice. Now you've been traveling, playing music for a number of years now. Is nothing like live music. Yes. There's some goofy things that happen along the way, too. Oh, yeah. There's an on-stage most embarrassing moment that comes to mind for you. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. That's hard. <laughs> this was before I signed a deal. Okay. Um, I was leading worship at a camp. And uh, this is great. It's horrible, but it's great. <laughs> and it came time for the invitation, and my stomach was hurting. So I go up on stage to lead this song, and it starts hurting worse. And I, I remember actually praying, God, please let everyone in here be saved so that no one needs to come to the altar <laughs> and this go any longer. I swear to you, everybody in there must have been just the most worst person in the world and were wanting to get their lives right because everybody started coming down front. It got so bad, I just finally told the band, I was like, you, you got it, I'm out. And I left. I left. Just bounced. I'm out. Yeah, I prayed I for them. Holy Spirit, listen. Yeah. You didn't, I was like, you didn't help me here. You know, this is the way it is. This is how the cookie crumbled. You're not going to have anybody singing for the invitation. And so I just went to uh, the bathroom and prayed for him. And that's how it ended. Then you went to Waffle House. <laughs> no, but it, it might have been. Daggum, the Waffle House from DC Talk Tours. Don't crack back up on me. <laughs> Again, we're here with Rhett Walker. RhettWalker.com. like to wrap up a little rapid fire. You got your game face on? I'm ready, baby. 
What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. The last Halloween costume you remember wearing? Oh, man. Uh, it was the Jurassic Park dude. Um, <laughs> the Jurassic World. Oh, oh. Yeah, my whole family did it. My son, my two-year-old's Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, basically, I mean, the only the only difference was my face. Basically. Because my muscles <laughs> were definitely the exactly same. same. I mean, I was pro- my muscles were probably a little bit bigger, but, you know, I'm, I wasn't. He'll get there one care. day. He'll get there one day. What's your favorite <laughs> junk food? Oh, dude. Uh, peach rings from uh, Circle K gas station. Peach rings. Oh, gosh. They're good. Okay. Or them Tijuana Mamas. You know, the little hot <laughs> no, saucy things, know. and they're in the in the wrapper. Oh, the juice. gosh. Yeah. You don't like those? I don't think Waffle House was your problem. I think it was those. <laughs> that and Sun Drop. All right. I also like Cosmic Brownies. I just like You like I a lot like of junk, junk food. food. That's dude. all right. That's all right. Skittles. I'm, love those. Bring it on. I'm the same way. If uh, the toilet paper roll is really low, do you Shower. replace it or leave it? Oh. oh. Do you replace question. it or leave it for somebody else? <laughs> I thought we were going into the 2020. All the toilet paper's gone. What you going to do? You just shower a lot. Yeah, you just—that's nasty. That's your answer. I no, you're leaving that one. That's your answer. Would you climb? Hey, real quick on yes. that. Yeah. Over or under? Uh, this I'm is a, a real deal. I'm an over. I'm an over too. Everybody else in my family is an under. Are you serious? Yeah. What do you makes do? Makes me so mad. Do you get your own bathroom? This no, is my I just, bathroom. I just whenever they're asleep, I go change them. <laughs> I say, ha ha. Guess who, got the la- guess who got the last word? I did, because y'all are asleep. <laughs> Would you rather climb a mountain or jump from an airplane? Mm, dude, that's hard. I'm scared of heights. Oh. So neither. That's fair. That's fair. I can accept that. I just that. like long walks on the beach where it's flat. <laughs> In the movie about your life, the Rhett Walker story, what actor would play you? Um, Chris Pratt. I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. No. Actually, I think I would want um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Yep. That or, uh, ooh, Tom Cruise. Oh, that's a good one. Tom Cruise could be cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, my life's basically Mission Impossible. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How long does it take you to get dressed in the morning? 2.5 seconds. You have a time machine for one day. Where do you go? Oh, man. Um, one day. Like in time? Yep. Or just like location? Both. I guess that would be a plane... <laughs> <laughs> you can do both. Your time question. machine will take I'm sorry, you. Sorry, people <laughs> that are listening. A time machine, um, dude. I'm I'm going back to uh, the future. Riddle me that one. <laughs> I don't My have head a place. just exploded. I don't know a place I'd go. Honestly, I'm cool with where I'm at. Favorite cartoon growing up, uh, MacGyver. <laughs> I didn't watch cartoons. Except that answer. I didn't watch. Listen, I was homeschooled. <laughs> And so most of the uh, cartoons are probably evil. Um, but every day at lunch, me and my mom, or every Wednesday at lunch, me and my mom would eat hot wings and watch um, Matlock, MacGyver, and the monkeys. And sometimes chips would come on. Oh, yeah. We're in the heat of the night. Yeah. In the heat of the night. Did you ever watch Murder, She Wrote? I was hoping oh, yeah. you are going to drop that one in there, yeah. too. Murder, She Wrote? I think we lived this. Mm-hmm. My dad's a pastor. Watched a Murder, She Wrote in Matlock. Yeah. I think we, we lived the same life. Listen, we didn't have no daggum cable, son. <laughs> Don't let that evil in the house. And last but not least, something you hate that everyone else loves. Chick-fil-A. Oh. I wouldn't say I hate it, but I highly dislike it. Here's the deal. And you just ate a chick-fil-a sandwich. Yeah. But here's the deal. Uh... It's not the best chicken sandwich. What's the best one? 
Bojangles, even okay. though they don't have a chicken sandwich. Okay. It's but their chicken bread. is the best. Okay. Bojangles chicken. Uh, best chicken sandwich is Popeye's. I love Popeye's. I mean, it is good. You want to know why people like Chick-fil-A? It's because it's convenient and consistent. It's true. It's not good, but you know what you're going to get. You go there, that person's going to come up, and they're going to hand you a chicken sandwich and some Polynesian, tell you their favorite Bible verse, and what do they say? Be blessed. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> they're going to be like, my pleasure. Is it? Is it to the seventeen-year-old standing out in a hundred and fifteen degree heat, having to say, "If I say my pleasure one more time, it. it ain't their pleasure." You know what I like? I like going to Popeyes, that where they're mad at you for even showing up, and they're like, "What do you want?" They throw the chicken sandwich at you. You eat it by yourself, all alone in your car, thinking about your past <laughs> mistakes, and it's good. You know, and you don't know how long it's going to take to get it. Uh-uh. No, it might be three hours. <laughs> They might go in eyes wide open. You might have to wait till breakfast. (laughs) But you know what? It's you learn you learn some things about yourself. It's a it's a entertainment situation. It's not just drive through, the drive through. Hey, you know my pleasure, whatever. No, it's a you don't know what you're getting into. Have you ever been to Rendezvous here in Memphis? The barbecue. Rendezvous. Yes, I've heard that place. They're kind of the same way. Rendezvous. So good, you don't care. It's like what you want. (laughs) Why are you Why are you here? Why are you here? We don't I care. We're you. supposed to eat. I don't care. Shut up. What do you want? You can live or die. I get, I make, it makes no difference to me. I mean, it is kind of a live or die situation when you eat Popeyes, anyway. That's true. You never know. That's guys, true, guys. I think the only thing I've learned to all the listeners in this is I might need to fix my eating habits. I mean, that is a between Chick Fil A, Popeyes, Skittles, and Tijuana Mamas Waffle House. Don't get that one. You know what? The only Tijuana mama I'm going to have is my wife. I'm going to pitch this to <laughs> I do think I'm going to pitch this to them and see if we can get some sponsorship or something. Maybe. <laughs> hey, you want to know something? Uh, when's this thing air? Uh, a couple weeks. Okay, well, it might be done by then, so never mind. But right now, on RhettWalker.com is a Rhett Walker Bojangles giveaway. When's, you it, can, when's, it, when's it over? 25th. I won't make it. Okay. Well, That's never mind. Fine. Guess what? Eat Bojangles. That's right. <laughs> they follow me on Instagram. Did they? Yeah, we're best friends. I love it. I know. He's Rhett Walker. Maybe been a ton of fun. I, I mean, pre- for you, I've got to go <laughs> think of all the things I got to change. Gosh. Clear the pantry, babe. I'm coming home. <laughs> You've been listening to Behind the Tunes with Austin Black, produced by Grayson Rucker. A special thank you to our sponsor, Visible Music College a music and worship school that trains and disciples students for the music industry and the church. You can learn more about them at visible.edu. And you can reach the show at behindthetunes at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Be sure to tune in next time as we go Behind the Tunes.